Welcome, welcome to another Harry Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening, we're always talking, we're Potter casting, hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, yeah, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, we talk about the Harry Potter. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, we're Pottercasting. What? Today's podcast was brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders and your friendly podcast hosts were there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that bewitched the world. Listen in and watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders Book Club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Harry Potter or click the Borders banner at the top of the Pottercast page. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Thousand Oaks, the most patient town ever. Yes. Thank you very much for waiting. We realized, where were we? We were like right after we crossed the border in California that if we kept going at the pace we were going, we would be here at 6 p.m. Yes. Yes, so yes. I started driving. Yes, all of you have seen the video of Melissa driving. It's much faster than me and much more uh, insane. <laughs> well, John like stays in one lane, and if and if somebody in front of him is, is slow, he goes with it and curses, but no. still goes with it. I just you know I play I roller know. rink out there. It's very relaxing driving out here. Lots of lot, lot of the same sights for miles and miles and miles. So you just kind of forget where you are, and your mind wanders and. Yeah, you miss exits. Yeah. We had to drop Sue off at the airport this morning. We're really sorry she couldn't be here. I know. Yeah. She had a personal thing to attend to, but she'll be back with the tour next week. Yep. So we're not, we're not without Sue for long. She'll be with us in London when we do a yeah. podcast in London for the premiere and also back out here in Los Angeles. Anybody going down to Los Angeles for the premiere? We'll be doing a big leaky mug with our guys, with our friends from MuggleCast. So, well, a lot of fun. It's, it's, um, in place for Sue here, stepping in is our good friend, <laughs> our new friend, Fred, uh, the armadillo. We found him in uh, Arizona. Arizona. Where yeah. else would they be selling an armadillo? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> John started, yes. well, you'll, when you hear the podcast from the past few days, you'll understand. Fred has been a very big contributor to Pottercast. He has been. He's been very thoughtful. He's had some great yeah. insight, actually. Great insight. Yeah. But as we've been going around to all these cities, first of all, in, if, anybody, if anybody here is new to Pottercast, we're a Harry Potter podcast. We discuss all the news and theories and et cetera. And mm-hmm. as you know, we're heading towards the biggest day ever in the Harry Potter fandom, yes. which is July 21st, which is when the seventh book comes out. And so we decided to take this little show on the road to meet as many of you as humanly possible. And we've been having a great time. Mm-hmm. But what we've been doing in every city is finding out which city knows their stuff the best. Which one of you can say on July 22nd that your, that your city has the Harry Potter bragging rights, right? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, is it Thousand Oaks? Yeah. I've been saying that it was going to be Thousand Oaks. <laughs> every stop so far. What every have I said? Stop so far. So you guys won't be Thousand Oaks is what I usually say. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Well, our first question we have, is a five-question test. Not the 400 question test that we have on the Leaky Collagen, if any of you have seen yes. it. If you go to our website, we have a 400 question, will be 500 questions soon, predictions test. So that when the book is out, we can grade it and we can find out the fan who knew the most about Harry Potter going in. And Everything will, there is to know. Yeah. And we will watch their head grow really large. And we'll yeah. give them prizes. But for now, our first question for Thousand Oaks is whether you think that Harry is going to live or die. If No, don't answer yet. 
People usually jump in there and we're like, if you think he's going to live. If you think he's going to die. Okay. This is when we tell the people who thought that he was going to die that the, they can leave. They no. Can, no, 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 we're kidding, we're kidding. But, yeah, no, he's not going to die. Well, Fred thinks he's going to die, actually, so Fred can't leave. Fred has to hang out, so it's all good. Oh, would you like to see what I'd like to do to Fred? No, he's nice. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, our second big question for you. Snape, is he good? Is he a very bad man? Quinn thinks he's a bad man. Oh. Quinn has weird theories about Hagrid, too, so we're going to leave that alone. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Number three. Do you remember number three? Number three We've been doing is, this a lot. Is uh, Mr. Potter a horcrux? If you think he is a horcrux, you go ahead and embarrass yourself and make some noise. <laughs> if you do not think he is a horcrux... Yeah. John may have been right about Thousand Oaks. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty good so far. Pretty good. Pretty good so far. Okay, our fourth question. Will Harry return to Hogwarts to go to school? If you think so. <laughs> delayed, but, but enthusiastic. Yes. If you don't think so. <laughs> Harry's a magic school dropout. Yes. Just like Fred and George. Snape's going to come down in curlers. That's yes. what we've been saying. <laughs> That has been the third time we've used that joke. Third time, but it's so I like saying it because it makes people laugh. It's not new to the recording. Sorry, guys. We tell everybody because it's a fun. Anyway, number five. Are we going to be traveling behind the veil in the department of mysteries? If If we will be, make some noise here. And if we are done with the veil, make your noise here. Okay, so did they answer no yes to No counts as noise. <laughs> no counts as noise. Oh, what was the city where everybody was quiet? I think it was Phoenix. Everybody was sort of quiet in yeah. Phoenix, and we asked them the question, and they just were like... Yeah. <laughs> we were like, hey, guys, there's a recording. You need to make some noise. So, okay, okay, well, we will see. We will find out if Thousand Oaks had the chops. Okay. So at some point, the, the answers will be identical to another city, and then we're going to have to come to both, both of those cities oh, yes. and do a showdown. We will phone up a random... Thousand Zoxians and be all, what did you think of this? And then we'll figure it out. Well, also what we've been doing in each of these cities is talking our favorite canon conundrums. Who knows what a canon conundrum is? Right? Not bad. Who, Not bad. who knows what canon is? Who doesn't know what canon is? Okay. No, it's understandable. You're like hardcore Harry Potter fan, you might not know. Yes. Canon is, is the Harry Potter books. It's, it's the portion of what we know about the world that comes from J.K. Rowling that we know to be completely true, yeah. right? Not like some of these Snape theories you guys sent us. No, it can come from other places, though, too. We've had canon come from J.K. Rowling's website, from information we've gotten about from the video games that we've learned came from Joe. Anything that has come from Joe in some official capacity most people would consider that canon. Yeah, it's canon. So a canon conundrum is something that we talk about when we try and figure out a problem or, or something about the remaining Harry Potter book that has yet to be determined. We start. I think our first canon conundrum was whether the, the, the chess game with the first book yes. was going to be relevant in the seventh book. So stuff like that. Today we're talking about... Mr. Dumbledore, is he dead or alive? No, just kidding. <laughs> we read... In, in, in six, 
that Mr. Sirius Black had a will. So our question today is, did Dumbledore have a will? Who would he have left his things to, what he could have had to leave, and how any of those possessions could affect Deathly Hollows? And who gets the purple cloak with the stars? And the cool hat, it. that little hat with the tassel? Yeah. yeah. I want to see Harry roll on the hat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. He sees Voldemort, Voldemort just starts laughing at him. He's like, dude, <laughs> what are you wearing? Come You're on. like 130 this is a years to too the young death. for that hat. So our first big question relating to this is, who gets the pensive? The pensive, it would be one of probably the most you know, informational possessions Dumbledore could have left behind. We don't we really don't really know much of a family for Dumbledore other than Aberforth. And we don't really know who any of his close contemporaries or friends were. So if not Harry Then who? Then well, who? Here's my question about Aberforth. Do you think him and Dumbledore are still on the straits? Do you think they're still talking? Do you think he's still on the order? I don't know. Dumbledore. Oh you know what I mean. Come on. The Hogshead? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aberforth, J.K. Rowling said that Dumbledore's family was a profitable line of inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just curious, I mean, who, who thinks that that means Aberforth? I don't know. Maybe More Dumbledore family that we haven't heard of? Probably, dis, you know, his ancestors, I would, I would think, because maybe what she meant by that. It's like, the, I'm sorry? Aberforth, you think? Dumbledore's an old, old guy. Well, his parents would be dead, but, I mean, 160 years old, he has to have more than a brother rolling around, right? Maybe. They all died of wizarding cancer? What? Whoa. (laughs) That's sad. Oh, Oh, new characters. I'm sorry, she said cancer. Oh. Oh. She said, she didn't say that she wasn't going to introduce more. For... No. Yeah, not right, not many, be, but there would be more characters. Yeah. What if, what if, you know, uh, here's a fan fiction favorite. Uh, Dumbledore's great granddaughter comes to Hogwarts and has a romance with Harry. And is and blonde with blue eyes. Yes. Has exactly. great magic ability. So Who's many. read that fanfic? I There's bet you so have. There's so many of those See? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Or, you know, Harry has to RSVP to Dumbledore's family reunion since he can't go. And he gets to go meet them all. That's what... The, we'll get plenty the, of his family all there. The, all of the Dumbledores. Um, okay, but back to the will. Sorry. Yeah, yeah back, to, back to the will and back to... What was it? The quote you said that the family would be a good line of inquiry. Profitable line of inquiry, Dumbledore's family. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I kind of heard that to mean, you know, the people who came before him. Possibly like a Dumbledore lineage or something if he is a great ancestor of maybe not necessarily a founder like Audrey Gryffindor. You know, some people might have thought he was a descendant of Merlin, which would have been kind of cool. But, I mean, what, they mentioned what Merlin a lot in yeah. the books. I mean, surpri- a surprising amount. Yeah. Because... He's not, you know, she's not, she's not mixing lores here. But I've always sort of wondered if Merlin, you know, well, would come into it. But that's, that's a hard Merlin's. thing to throw in at the end. Yeah. You know. Back to the pensive, though, I guess. And I mean, Dumbledore obviously collected all kinds of other cool trinkets in his 150 some years, and he has whole shelves full of these silvery instruments and things. But what one of the big things a lot of oh, people. Oh wait, were, question. What? Doesn't he technically own the house elves at Hogwarts? Isn't, aren't they sort of his? No, they belong to... Who, who are their masters? Is, is this well, Other than Professor school? Sprout. Professor Sprout? Professor Sprout owns... Oh, it's not as fun without Sue. 
I, I can, know. I can hear her from the airplane. Like, no! <laughs> it's been a week of this. A week of this in the car. John maintains that Helga Hufflepuff, who's like Sue's idol, um, yes. enslaved the I'm house responsible elves. Responsible for the house elves. And you think they only them. talk about it on the show, but it's a complete fat lie. Yeah. They sit in the car, three-hour debate. Sue's Over turning dinner, purple. Mouthfuls of food. Yeah. House <laughs> No. Sorry, but my house elf thought went to hell. So complete, yes. complete yours. Well, okay. The the, the pensive um, would be an opportunity for Harry to uh, gain some of the knowledge that a lot of people, including myself, feel that he did not get before Dumbledore left him. Things about the Horcruxes, you know, more about himself potentially. I mean, more about things he could learn as as a wizard. And a lot of people are wondering where's he going to get all this knowledge from if not some other senior member of the of the uh, the order that has this information to give him or maybe not tallish not tallish is very informational wise and experienced wizard but i don't know if he has the kind of information that dumbledore could have given him well that's a good question who would execute this will who do you guys think would be the one dumbledore came to harry and told him about Sirius, is right but dumbledore's the natural person to do that who would execute it lupin mcgonagall Gringotts. what if it was Aunt petunia why would it be in Petunia? They've written letters to each other. What if she said, if I die, yeah. he has to come back. He's going to be back at your, you know. See, I don't know much about Wills. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Not Wills, not all his stuff, but she might have some something yeah. to give him. Well, I still think Petunia is going to give him some stuff of Lily's before Deathly Hallows is over and done with. Because I think there's some stuff up in that attic that she's just been kind of... You know, shuffling her feet about when to give Harry, and you know, <laughs> when, she, when she was oddly flushed in Half Blood Prince at the mention of Harry possibly leaving them for good after this summer, mm-hmm. I think that was her. Oh gosh, now I have to really do the things I was been meaning to do, like give yeah. him all Lily's stuff. But that was huge. And then he'll open the box, and the, the yeah. Mr. Kettle of Knackle Jerk will be inside. It'll be, and you know, all kinds of cool stuff. In all, there. Ki- all kinds of cool I'll stuff. Have another like a shield. But when did weapon. she think when did she think was going to be a good time? I mean, they're getting attacked in yeah. right in front of the house. Come she on, just really young. really really did not want to even probably acknowledge that stuff up there. So you're probably putting it off as long as possible. You you, you act like this stuff actually does it exist. It does exist. You wait, you wait. It's up there. <laughs> she, she's wait, bound to be waiting to do something or give something to Harry yeah. because we haven't heard the last of of the Potters and Lily and James and all those people. They've got some more stuff that contribute, and I think. And uh, you know, did, did, would, was there even a will for the Potters? Well, that's another thing. We've never heard of a will for the Potters. Maybe it's the results of the will. Maybe it's she has everything up, you know, in the attic somewhere that she hasn't told Vernon about yeah. because Vernon would. Well, turn and also green. then think of this: Harry has a vault in Gringotts. You know, what did his parents' vault consolidate into that vault? Or is that his own? It is his parents' vault, isn't it? Or is it Harry's? Is it? It's the Potter's vault. It's like yeah. a family vault. It's I don't like know. you know. Yeah. Well, now, now do you do you give a, an eleven-year-old free access to an entire estate, or do you think when he becomes of age, there's going to be you know given another key or given something else no. that has the rest of his stuff? They did. It's whoever has a key, but they did give him access to it, and he's acted responsibly. I mean, I think if he was out buying wizarding Lamborghinis and stuff that, you know, well, I mean, I don't think Dumbledore that they would, would rely in. upon the maturity of the individual. Probably some sort of wizarding law, like like a muggle law, that you don't come to your full inheritance until you reach a certain age. Well, he's becoming he's becoming 17 in this book, which yeah. is huge. I my personal theory is that this means that the the uh, the second of his birthday, the wards come down and write what she's confirmed in the last book, but. 
yeah. that Voldemort will be waiting at those wards, and we're going to see a big battle at, at Privet Drive, at the Privet and they're going to be lucky Ooh. to escape to get out to the to the to the wedding, which will happen. You think they would schedule the wedding on the day? He loses all no, of his no, no, protection. No, 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 no. That would be very poor plan. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Voldemort's checking the calendar yeah. to make sure Bill and Fleur aren't getting, getting married, married on the, the day yeah. that he kills Harry Potter. Actually, he would like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? They're trying to, to get out to get to the borough, and, and it's you know it's near his birthday, and, and, and the wards come down. We've been waiting for that. We have to find out what, what, what Dudley saw in the, you know? We are You're just busting to say stuff. Place. Come here. What do you want? What's your name? It's not probably... I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, we came, ac- we came we, on a good theory about this. You know, we're trying to figure out who, you know, the wizard or the person that will discover magic later in life is going to be. But we, we know, didn't she say it wasn't Petunia? She said, it, and she also said that Dudley is exactly as he seems. But the, que- the question that, that I have... It's a non-answer, though. It's a, non- it's a little bit of a non-answer. You know, it's a little bit of a tricky answer. Um... Somebody said, we were talking about the Dursleys and how badly they, they treat Dudley, and we sort of got around to the line of thinking that what if what Dudley saw was himself actually being a wizard? Yes, I because love that theory. Because everybody, if you notice in the first few books, Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon are very, very anxious to keep Dudley from getting upset. This is just, I mean, lots of parents do this. Don't, don't cry, I'll give you everything, and then the kid grows up to be the most spoiled thing, you know? Um, but... If there was an instance when he was younger where he got upset and something happened and Petunia recognized the signs and now Dudley has some sort of memory about it that he wouldn't know unless a Dementor appeared because the Dementor, you know, Harry wouldn't have remembered all that without a Dementor either. And Dudley imagined that that came true, that he became a wizard, what his parents, because he's seen his parents' reactions to magic. And what if that's what got him so depressed, you know? That what if, what if I am a wizard? What if I could have been a wizard? My parents will disown me. I will have nothing, you know, yeah. which I don't that, know. That would be such an interesting storyline to have in Deathly Hallows because for nothing else other than how it mirrors, you know, other things in our own society and people, you know, discovering things about themselves that they don't want their parents to ever find out about for fear of those kind of things. Yeah. If, if she did that, that would be very, very interesting to Dudley's character. Well, it's either that or an empty refrigerator. I mean, <laughs> you know. No. What did you like to say back there? Well, no, we don't know that. Very specifically wrote that scene. He never, he's always face down. We never see him looking up and not seeing it. We don't know. Yeah. So he's face down. He might have, if he looked up, he might have seen them. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he saw them. And he was in such a right, and he was in such a state at that point, having never been presented with real magic, and now you have this overwhelming presence of death. He doesn't yeah. remember it, you know. So I'm, that's what I think. It's very, it's very tricky to figure this, that, that kind of stuff out when we're only here reading the story through Harry's perspective. So it's very hard to figure out, you know. Without well, but that's her job. Seeing it. But that's Joe's job. Sure. I mean, that's that's that sort of screams to me that that was her trying to keep that piece of information from us. Yeah, definitely. You know, because if we know that he can't see it, then that question is gone. Yeah. And why do you hide that piece of information? Because what if he can see it? Mm. Those bursts of magic, those uncontrolled bursts of magic from people who aren't yet magicians or yet wizards, uh, magicians, (laughs) rabbits out of hats, you know, 
Um, they tend to be, I mean, think of Neville bouncing when he was thrown out the window. They tend to be life-saving. They tend to be when you're endangered. Sure. They tend to be protective. So maybe that will happen and they will be cornered and something completely yeah. unexpected to Voldemort as well, thinking that Dudley's a muggle. Well, yeah, you thinking know? we're going to have a possible battle near Privet Drive, having someone we don't know is a wizard or not be <laughs> nearby could have a huge scene-altering experience. Yeah. If be- Dudley has something to, some kind of protective you know, contribution to make, it would totally be unexpected, but it would be an it's awesome a, addition to the story. It's a great line of defense, though, for, for, for the Order and for the people who are trying to defeat Voldemort. It's to polyjuice themselves into muggles so that yeah. Voldemort doesn't realize that these people <laughs> are actually wizards, and, you know, you know, you get it. What if Dudley isn't really Dudley and is a polyjuice dollish this entire time? That'd be crazy cool. It's been dollish the whole time. <laughs> torturing, du- torturing Harry. What? What does Fred think? Well, I think that it's very possible that Dudley might have been really dollish the whole... That's what, exactly what I've been saying, Fred. I think Fred's been in the sun too long. Oh. <laughs> Anybody recognize the voice of Fred? It's sort of the cookie guy from Shrek. <laughs> Not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Maybe it's a distant cousin. What? He could be a distant cousin. An armadillo? Yes. A cookie armadillo? It happens. Okay, it happens. Well, do you guys have any theories around this? What Dumbledore might have left that might have been important? Yeah. Want to come up? All right, well, not really about that, but um, with Dudley having magic, like protective magic, why wouldn't he have uh, used it during the Dementor attack? Uh, you know, oh, mm. Well, <laughs> it, t- it takes... Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an mm. uncontrollable thing. And it's, it's really not predictable either. And Dudley, was passed as, out. as scared as he was, he didn't really understand why. He didn't understand what was happening. So to come up with a defense against it... Well, he wouldn't, he would, would never do it on purpose. Yeah. He would never come up with... It. Well, that's kind of like the <laughs> or, same thing. Or for his, for his subconscious to even come up with a, um, some kind of defense. To, he, he didn't really know what was happening. I mean, if there was like a car coming at him full speed... You know, at least your head can, you know, comprehend, well, maybe I should get out of the way or maybe I should jump out of the way or something. And whether you need magical assistance to that, I could see the magic coming and play there. But to have just this overwhelming fear come on, come on you and not knowing why or how it's happening. And the only defense think, is really a Patronus. Yeah, I mean, his body just shuts down to that. I don't think you can accidental magic Patronus. Um, maybe you could accidentally apparate out of there. Who knows? But... Um, I just, I just don't think it's a guaranteed thing that a person who hasn't discovered their magic is automatically going to use it when they're in danger. I think it's a matter. There's a lot of luck involved with it too. So, like when Neville fell out of the window or whatever, he was probably pretty scared then. You think that it was mm-hmm. just because he already knew that he was like a magical family? No, no, no. Because well, he was scared. But the thing with falling out a window is, yes, he's also scared. But he knows that the thing that's going to kill him is hitting the ground. Exactly. So the accidental magic comes in to stop him from hitting the ground hard. Yeah. You know, that's it's like just like like an act, an, a defense. The only thing you can really do against a Patronus, against a Dementor is a Patronus. And that's such advanced magic that I, it's not going to be accidental, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. We think, anyway. What do we know? I think it's just about time for us to play a game. Uh, we've been playing this game. I hear everybody's all excited to play it. We've been playing a game, this game, since New Orleans, and we might change the game up a little bit soon. But it was John's invention, so he's going to explain okay. it. Has anybody heard this game happen before in the previous shows? Anybody, a few people? Okay, well, what we do is we bring up um, a pair of you, and we kind of quiz you on your knowledge 
of um, some stuff from the books. And what we do is we pick a category that would uh, provide a, a list of names, places, or objects. And you have to name as many of them as you can back and forth until one person is stumped. And the stumped person will, of course, lose that round. Um, and, and an example, one we do a lot would be, you know, the names of Hogwarts professors. You'd say, you know, Snape. You'd say McGonagall. You'd say Flitwick. You'd say, you know, back and blah, 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 until one person doesn't know any of them. And uh, so I think... We will we bring volunteers. a couple of you up here and see who wants to play. Nice. Wow. Lots of volunteers. This is wow. You pick because I can't. All right. Let's let's just do this for fun. We need a Gryffindor and a Slytherin. Who's a Gryffindor? Always oh, got a scarf, so you're obviously the Gryffindor. We need a Slytherin here. Slytherin in the hat. She was both. That's okay. Oh. That's okay. You could be a, a, a Slythergriff. Okay. A Slytherdor. A Gryffindin. <laughs> here you go. What's your name? I'm Hannah from Ventura. Okay. Maddie from here. Okay. Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaksians. Um, let me come up with a category. The category, start out with a fun, easy one, sort of, is uh, Hogwarts students during books one through six. Any Hogwarts student you can think of. Just start naming them, starting with the Gryffindor. Harry Potter. Dean Thomas. Ginny Weasley. Ron Weasley. Fred Weasley. George Weasley. Percy Weasley. <laughs> Hermione Granger. She's a Weasley. Whoa. Whoa. Draco Malfoy. There you are. Um. <laughs> this game is so fun because when you get back to your seat, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> now, now I know that. Yes. The last one was Draco Malfoy over here. Surely a Slytherin knows some of Draco's friends. I can't think of anything. I can't. There, it's really hard. Over there, it's not. Yeah. Some cupcake-loving folk here. <laughs> it would be fun to bring up pears. Maybe I think I think we'll bring up pears for its spells. Any any Hogwarts students here? We got give me five seconds. Five, four, three, They're called Thestrals. <laughs> oh, thanks for good job. Good job. You guys went pretty far. Okay. Okay. So couple bring out a couple more here. How about a Hufflepuff and, and a Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw. Oh, oh my God! If we have a Ravenclaw here, we have to pick a hard one. Oh boy. Here you go. Hold on. Oh, well, this is, this is a game. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm too nice. Well, then, this is, this is one of my favorites because it's like some people really know it and some people just look at me funny. But we're going to do magical creatures. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Who's the I am. I'm not in this subject. And if you know, if you, you just got to start thinking about some of the classes. They've had magical creatures classes and other things, and you'll think of at least five rounds, I bet. Okay. Go ahead, start on my left. Should we say our uh, Yeah, let's, let's let the world know who you are and where you're from. All right. I'm Amy, and I'm from Thousand Oaks. And I'm Hannah, and I'm from Thousand Oaks. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> All right, we'll start. She does. I do. <laughs> Last ended scroots. Nice. Hippogriff. Oh, Thestrals. <laughs> um. 
Hungarian horntail. There you are. How about is giant one? Because giant one. We'll, we'll accept <laughs> non, non-human uh, people. Sure. All right. All right. Does someone say rat? Don't say Remus. Oh. <laughs> oh, werewolf. What? That's sorry. You totally said <laughs> that one. Can I have a Can I have a cheat too? Don't I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> well, don't say fox. <laughs> Phoenix! Oh my gosh! <laughs> giant squid. There's a giant squid! And the, 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 you eat those too! He has all kinds of powers, I'm sure. He's got the you know? Okay, um. Is it an acromantula? Wow. Oh, that's, Big word, you guys! That's, all right! That's pretty hot right there. I dumped someone on Phoenix. Yeah. Um, does mer, a mer person mer Sure, people? why not? Oh, jeez, let's see. Centaurs. Oh. Nice. <laughs> um. Oh, I know it. I can't think. It's Sphinx. Very good. Sphinx. Oh, okay. Um. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I no, you don't. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Me too. What? <laughs> um. Um, no helping, please, audience. Basilisk. There you are. Bow truckle. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Cornish pixie. Nice. <laughs> what now? <laughs> Bogart. Oh. Nice. Does Dementor count? Absolutely. Oh, dang. Falls <laughs> and dokes are fun. <laughs> um, I gotta keep thinking, see. don't I? Going through classes. Um, what other classes do they have? Oh, it's not giving me a hint. Grubbly Plank had a class. Oh, um, Grubbly Six. Oh no, Amy, think of something! I know. <laughs> Thanks. She's such a Hufflepuff, she says. Uh, we already did Thestros. She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I did. Oh, good no, job, though. My gosh, you guys went free on fire. I did way better. We would have accepted thought. unicorns, flubber worms. I love the flubber worms, thanks. Lots of other dragons, of course. Anything she that gave was a, a horn tail, you could have given all kinds of... Oh, oh very good the... work. Yeah. Let's bring up two more, you guys. Put it up on a little game. Here we got a green skirt over here, and we have a someone who is reluctantly going to play in the red... What's... Oh, you need a mic. You need a What's mic your name? You need a mic? Um, I'm Emma, and I'm from Oak Park. I'm Christina. I'm from Inglewood. It's like, yeah, it's around here. It's like 10 minutes away. Category for you guys shall be, uh, Melissa came up with this one recently, members of the Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) Don't be thrown off by Dalish. He's not yet an Order member. We've been trying to work on him. I think he's covertly an Order member, but we don't know. Who wants to start? Go for it. You can start. Um, Mandungus Fletcher. Dumbledore. Snape. 
Harry. Oh, not Harry. Um, James. Sirius. Remus. Um, Lily. Uh, Hagrid. McGonagall. Um, Molly Weasley. Arthur Weasley. Bill Weasley. Charlie Weasley. <laughs> Aberforth. He's yeah. in the picture. He's in the picture. The, <laughs> the long bottom. Um, oh, you just give us two. Rick. Uh, <laughs> Mooney. I'm not Mooney. I'm Matt. Moody. Moody. One letter off. It's fine. Um, yep. It is. Uh, Peter Petergroup? Was it? Yeah. Uh, prior, sure. That uh, works. Tonks. Nice. Ba -da -ba. I can um, only think of one other one. I know. I can only think of one more. Kingsley. Oh, there it was. <laughs> Emmeline Vance. Whoa! I know. Easily. <laughs> There's nothing to do here except read Harry Potter. Is that what it is? <laughs> My expectations for tonight have been lowered. <laughs> uh oh. Did I start the clock? Amelia Bones? Amelia Bones? Audience? Ministry official. Oh, it was such a. She didn't give us two. <laughs> Consequently, do you know the names of the two long bottoms? Alice. Frank and Alice. Okay. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry. I, th I think that's around here. Very good job. Very good. With the sleeper and Emmeline Vance. Go over and see our girl with the plant. Nice work. Okay, right, last now, one. This is our last one. Last this one. Is our last one. Team. This is going to get we two people to, on each side. We're okay, going to you. pair up a Gryffindor. Because you look like a you look like Luna. Wait, 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 awesome. wait, 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 wait. What, what house are you over here? Ravenclaw. We need a Slytherin. <laughs> Everybody's hands Slytherin down right you. here in the okay. gray. We need a Hufflepuff. Who's a Hufflepuff? She's this. this but you got a Gryffindor scarf on. You were sold out by your scarf. Oh, we need a, we need a Gryffindor too. We need okay, a Gryffindor. A Gryffindor and then you're the Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff Come in here. the yellow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, now you gotta sh share mics. I know that's hard for non-Hufflepuffs. Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs play okay. together. What are your names? Kim. Liam. Okay, ready? Category is spells, jinxes, curses, charms. Any of those. Yeah, the incantation. What they're called. Don't don't tell us what they do. Like you're right now. Or they can tell us, you know, what the name of it is. Like the Imperious Curse or Imperial would both work. Um, um, my left goes first. Uh, Bada Kedavra. Expected Paternum. Make sure you talk Wingardium into the microphone. Um, you can, you I can help this, each I other. This, I know this, I know this, I know this. Uh, you can help each other. Uh, wait, what was it? What was it? It was like a... Um, I hear the Cruciatus. The Cruciatus Curse. Cruciatus Curse. Uh, love of Corpus. That Axio? There you go. Uh, Reducto. Reducto. Um. 
Tropicus totalis. Woo! Imperial? That's okay. I, I said it, not anybody else. The one used on the bogger. Uh, Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Say it into the mic. Ridiculous. There you go. Uh, the leg locker curse. Okay. Oh! So we can say the name of it? Yeah. Jelly legs. Okay, sure. Uh, Engorgio. There you go. Hmm. Oh, the one that can shoot through solid. Oh, no, I don't know the name of it. Um, uh, you can do it. Da, 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 um, think about like, like dueling classes, which I've had, and, you know? Rictum Sempra. Rictum Sempra. There you are. Expecto Paterno? There it is. Oh, no, look what happened. Hufflepuffs and Gryffindors win. Oh, good job, you guys. Very good. Go see our friend over there. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, great. This is now brings us to our very favorite part of the show, which is when we Wilson can hear... dances. No. Oh. Especially it doesn't sing. So, if you have an idea, a question, a theory, something that you want discussed, something that is on your mind for the whatever, it's your time. So you go right up to this mic. Yep. And do it. And he's got a leaky cauldron on his Line yourselves on. That makes him first. Okay. I'm Tony, and I'm from Long Beach. And I want to know why everybody's always, is Snape good or bad? He's in the middle. I think he's in the middle. Mm-hmm. He's good and bad. He's doing what he wants to do. Not for Dumbledore, not for Voldemort. He's against them both. But they both need him. But which button would you get? I'd get both. Your leaky photographer got both too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's people not, tend to do. They're like, I can't decide. I think I think exactly. most most people just are trying to figure out if push came to shove, who would you right. know who would he fall in line with? He's either doing things to help Voldemort or doing things well, to help. Even Harry. he is going to kill Voldemort, but no, he's not. Yes, he is. Why don't we just call it Severus Snape so, and the Deathly Hallows? It's going to be so Darth Hallows. Vader and Star Wars. Darth Vader. It's so going to be that way. Okay. Okay, I don't think so. Snape is the chosen one, apparently. Snape is, yes. Um, hi, I'm Madeline. I'm from Northridge. Um, I, when it comes to the Horcruxes, you know, theories about what's one, um, I don't know if I've ever heard this, but I think that Tom Riddle's award for special services to the school yeah, could be a Horcrux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if that's been discussed, but that's just my It's a great, yeah. great point, a very popular theory, the fact that, you know, it was pointed out while I believe it was Ron who was cleaning it during detention. Yeah, yeah. And he, he had another slug attack yep. when it had been hours. So why, when cleaning that trophy, would, could there have been... And Voldemort loves trophies. Voldemort loves his shiny stuff. Especially trophies that he got for special services to the school, which was yeah. a total you know, scam there. Yeah. And also she likes to do these things where you know, it's right in front of you and you don't realize it. Also, yeah. I mean, I just read uh, Source for Stone again. And it talks about the trophy room during the dueling match. That's always yeah. open. Yeah, the du- it's always open. And I just thought it had how yeah. cool. Why is the trophy room always yeah. open? Couldn't somebody steal the trophies? Kind of have that slipped in. And Hogwarts is proud of its trophies. It's a, and it's, it's, it's a lot of valuables in there. Those are trophies and awards. Why, why is it always open? It's interesting. Okay, we'll find out. You know? Very nice. Thank Very you. nice. Hi. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm from Thousand Oaks. And I want to know who else here besides me believes in the time traveling theory? Okay, hold on. The time-traveling theory. You guys remember what this is? 
there's a time traveling theory out there started by a Pottercast reader, and it made sort of people lose their brains. Um, actually, Joe from Harry and the Potters, the first time he heard this was last week, and at the, he came back, he's like, you just, he I, I am not going to be able to sleep tonight. So that the person who is at Godric's Hollow the night that Harry's parents were killed is actually Harry that he's gone back in time somehow, found some alternate way of traveling through time, and is the person to tell Dumbledore what happened that night, and is partly responsible for why Dumbledore knows that all these crazy things he's letting him do during his first six years of school, it will be okay. Mm -hmm. And the cloak, who was under the cloak, could it have been Harry? And then it's a very important emotional point, because he knows that if he doesn't stop Voldemort from killing his parents, then he might triumph. Or if he does stop Voldemort from killing his parents, who knows the consequences? So perhaps, you know, yeah. It's an awesome, cool theory. I think you can read more about that in the Leaky Lounge, actually. Yeah. Who else Who else hears, thinks that? Yes? No? Yes? Who just doesn't like it at all? No. Why? It's cheap. It's cheap? Yeah. I don't know if it's cheap. If he, if he saved his parents, I think it would be cheap. You know? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the time traveling theory. Back and theory. Forth. I don't. Yeah. I think. I think someone did the math that if he used a time turner to get back that far, he'd be slicking it, you know, for years to get yeah. it back. No, but you, far enough. You're not going to go back. There has to be. There would be some other. I, I like it for some things and and some things for not. I don't think it's that simple. First of all, yeah. I don't think the big key to this series is that simple. That he, it was just Harry. But yeah. I do like whatever growth he'd have to go through to stop himself from charging forward and fixing things, because that would be almost impossible. J.K. Rowling also said during the A&E special that she was on some time ago that what Harry ends up having to do, you know, something is important relative to what Harry ends up having to do, which is an interesting choice of words. So clearly he's got to make a big, heavy choice at the end of this. So, ah, food for thought. I don't know. Maybe he flies a giant wandicorn back. (laughs) If you've seen our van, and by the way, if you'd like to sign our van after the show, we have... Every city has its, own, has its own spot, and we have car markers, and we're having people sign it. So we look like a big traveling graffiti yes. as, we go, as we go down. It yeah. says Pottercast on the back, and the potters drew this weird animal on it that they call Wandicorn. It's a Wandicorn. It's part uh, unicorn. octopus, part unicorn, squid. part squid, part lobster, and it has a flux capacitor on it yeah. that do time traveling. So it's very cool. It's cool. It's also part wand. The unicorn thing is a wand, so... Yeah, and it has eyes on it. So yeah, yeah. The eyes are from like a leopard or something. Okay, you up, you're up. Okay, I'm uh, James from Thousand Oaks. Um, it's a little longer. My thing. Uh, I have sort of like a parallel to the chess match in um, book three. Lupin's final exam thing is an obstacle course. Harry makes it all the way to the end perfectly. Hermione makes it all the way to the end, but doesn't beat the Bogart, which is the last thing, and Ron gets stuck. Like, they didn't say how far through, but the hinky punk misleads them, or I think it was called the Hinky Punk, and could that be like a parallel to their fates in book seven? No! <laughs> That's, you know, no I mean, it's a good I theory. I all about that yeah. obstacle course. Hermione gets stuck with the Boggart. Ron gets... Well, I mean... Perhaps, but... I thought that could be like she she lives, but she can't help Harry, because yeah. she can't fight the Boggart. Well, because she's well. devastated about Ron being killed. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't like these ideas. <laughs> I think that um, whatever it is, Hermione has to not help Harry sure. at the end. He's, he's on his own, well, like that White Snake song. It's a total showdown, and there's not going to be any Death Eaters helping Voldemort either to defeat Harry. It's just going to be the two of them. No Death Eaters. 
Like on the cover. Who's, who thinks it's the Death Eaters on the cover in Deathly Hallows in the background? They're shadowy figures. Are shadowy they tombstones figures. Tombstones or are they Death Eaters? Tombstones. They're people. Somebody from Scholastic said so. so. They're people? Yeah, they're oh, people. Well, they're not tombstones then. It's they could be. family. It is. They could be family. He's got a long extended family. They like to go to, you know, battles Pal- to Pal- the Pal- death. <laughs> they enjoy those places. Come on up. It's pretty awesome. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm from Riverside. Hello. Um, Okay, my question is, when it comes to Hagrid, um, he lost his, you know, his wand was broken and he put it in his umbrella, and that's what he occasionally uses behind everybody's back. Sure. Well, in the second book, he was cleared of all charges, right? Mm -hmm. So, why didn't he go out and get another wand? And if so, in the third one, why did he have to keep hiding it when he was, like, referring to the fact that he had engorged his pumpkins? Well, I mean, he's not a trained wizard. So no, he can't he, he can't just go around. I mean, he would have to go to go to Hogwarts now. I think. No, you don't, because George and um, Fred dropped out. They're not. You know, they didn't graduate from Hogwarts, and they can know. still use magic. Hagrid also isn't a human, so there might be different laws. He's half. He's a half breed. But he was so. still allowed to go to Hogwarts as, uh, yeah, to begin right with, with um, um, Mooney. Started out with. I don't know. Hogwarts. Maybe Dumbledore was just like, look, just just don't start this because I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Some, you know. I mean, because he could potentially go and buy a new wand and yeah. use it all the same. Like, ah, I'm a wizard again. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do wizards have like some sort of licensing procedure for their wands, like the DMV? Nothing, right? <laughs> and Harry just walked know, in and bought. Anybody can buy it. Walk too in much and buy paperwork or something too. <laughs> Hagrid yeah. hates paperwork. I don't know. Do you think there's some sort of restriction on him specifically? They should have some sort of thing you'd for think. guns. You'd think. Anyway. <laughs> people don't kill people. Wands kill people. Wands but wands people don't kill people. So, that's what I think. That's a good, very good point. Thank you. It's a Thank good point. You. It's interesting. Hagrid. Hagrid. <laughs> Hey, I'm Spencer, and I'm from Thousand Oaks. And what if Voldemort is? Um, what if Voldemort is Dumbledore? And, and Dumbledore. Whoa! Well, and Dumbledore's just, just taking Apologies Potion to turn into him. That would be crazy. That'd be That'd interesting. Be, oh my gosh. Hmm. Be a wacky last book. It'd be very just yeah. It's just hard to figure out then what would ha- you know what's going on when Dumbledore's fighting Voldemort. How are they managing that? It's an illusion. If one of them is an illusion, yes, it was very similar to a theory we had recently that and Albuquerque that uh, Professor McGonagall and Snape were the same person. <laughs> And that, time and that during the scenes they were together, Mag- uh, McGonagall was an illusion. <laughs> so, but thank you. That would be a very cool idea. Thank you. Come on down. Up, 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 up. Maddie. Um, I'm Maddie, and I'm from here. <laughs> Again, here. <laughs> and You're from Borders? She's from Borders, yeah. You live here? Yeah. Do you have a cot in the back? No? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a cot in the back of Borders. I have a theory on Snape. Okay. Um, I believe that the reason Dumbledore trusted him is because he made an unbreakable vow um, with him to protect Harry, and That's, Dumbledore wasn't paying. Like, <laughs> I love this. Sorry, John's dancing I right love now. This <laughs> Continue. And um, Dumbledore wasn't taking into consideration that meant that he had to protect Dumbledore himself, and so that's that's why he was able to kill 
Dumbledore, and um, and so he's never going to let Voldemort kill Harry, but he's not going to necessarily be a good guy. He's just gonna just gonna protect Harry when he when, when he, he has to out of to. out of obligation. Yeah. John loves his theory. I love it most. I hates it, and that's part of the reason that I love it even more. <laughs> yeah, because of course. She's all, Dumbledore is such a great man, and he oh. wouldn't have to rely on an unbreakable vow because no, that's not that's what like I said. Stooping to a level that Dumbledore no, is what I say than. is that I think that it is in Dumbledore's character not to rely on magic for that type of thing. That's a core thing about your character, and if he trusts Severus Snape like he has told Snape all this time, then that's untrusting to say. You, we need to do an unbreakable vow. If he trusts Severus Snape, he trusts Severus Snape. Well, he's Severus a bad Snape. guy, so he needed some sort well, of... Well, Dumbledore thought he was a good guy. Well, no, when, when he, he, he clearly states that he was a bad guy. He was yeah. going right. to Voldemort. And so one, the way that he begins to trust him is that he makes this unbreakable vow. And yeah. he uses... Op- I can't say But it's interesting because right. that's not that wouldn't be beginning to trust him. That would be like if somebody makes an unbreakable vow. Okay, yeah, the I think thing. I trust you. I, you know, if you you're going to die. Up, you're a dead exactly. Man, that you know? makes him trust him. That makes him go, "Okay, I I totally trust you." But Maybe. So yeah, it's I'm it's sorry, tough she... because you know, now I'm, now I'm starting to even second guess that because you know, Dumbledore did trust Snape, but apparently not enough to give him the defense job because you know, he was worried that he might be susceptible and to the dark arts again. And that goes back to what she said, that he, he wouldn't trust magic like, or right. something like that. I yeah. Ju- I, yeah, I'm just That's uncomfortable with what it says. That's why he completely trust him. Right. He, just, he pretty much thinks. But think about him at and the look, end, at the until his dying breath. I trust Severus Snape. Like, he just keeps saying it. He's got some reason for it that we haven't seen, but we well, must find out. Well, he cares more out. about Harry than himself. And right, so, and then yet he still trusts Severus Snape. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's so tough because because I I I think it would make sense for him to want to, to want to do that vow and even to think that you know he didn't want to tempt Snape with the dark arts is is almost doing him a favor at that point because if he were to be tempted and he was under the vow then you know he would be, end up essentially killing himself so you know I don't think Dumbledore is is above that because Dumbledore is smart enough to even admit that he has made mistakes before, and the mistakes he makes are even that much greater because of the more but you're going to intention. He has. No, that's different. That's a different thing. You're going to intention. Yes, he makes mistakes. Sure. But that doesn't mean that his mistakes mean cha- that change his out his outlook. If he, I just feel like if Dumbledore says tells 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 somebody, oh, we're having a fight here. He doesn't completely trust magic. That's why he won't give Snape the job. But like. He starts protect all through Harry's time at school. He protects him every year, and so when do you think that he would even more trust Snape? And so that's why he gives him the job in the sixth book. Uh, I just, I just feel like it's not Dumbledore's thing. It's just, it's just an idea about his character. No. I have. I don't know. Well, I agree with you anyway. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he gave it to him when he did because he figured it'd be a good year. Yeah, might as well. I want him out of the school. I'm done with this greasy yeah. hide. Yeah, maybe. Why couldn't Dumbledore break a, a curse that a, you know, that that Voldemort put on his own school? You know that bo- that bothered me. That bothers like, me too. Why couldn't he know that Voldemort like, oh, was hanging out in Coral's I'm just, turban? Just gonna leave it like, there. Come on. Maybe. I mean, yeah, Dumbledore has. I mean, come on. Quarrel in, in the turban, you know, he didn't know how to get to the Chamber of Secrets. Come on. You know, it's obviously Slytherin related. No, I'm just <laughs> saying, if, if Dumbledore was fully aware of the curse that Voldemort had put on the job, 
Why, why just leave it there? Why not work on getting well, that removed? What a pain in the butt it is to get a new teacher every year. I'm pretty sure he didn't want it there and probably tried. I just I don't like Dumbledore not being able to do something with Voldemort. I hate that. He's I not perfect. If he was perfect, we wouldn't have these books because no. he would just go walk up to Voldemort and kill him. Like, it's not, you know... It's know. not... He can't be perfect, and it's so much better that he's not perfect. If he was oh, yeah. perfect, he'd be so much more boring. Mm. Right? No offense. Can I go sit down now? Yes, you can! Yes, lady. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> She's like, I'm bored. <laughs> nice shirt. Oh, thank you. Hi, my name's Jamie, and I'm a, a gallery girl on oh, the TLC. I see your body. Geographer 13 is her That's me. thing. Okay, well, my favorite pet theory for Deathly Hollows, and of course we're going to find out soon, is that magical creatures will have something to do with helping Harry destroy the Horcruxes, the remaining Horcruxes, because remember that he had to use a basilisk fang oh, uh-huh. to yes. destroy uh-huh. the diary. Flopper worms to the rescue. Related to this and the deluxe cover of them flying away on a dragon, I think dragons. one of the 12 uses of dragon's blood mm. is... Destroying destroy Horcruxes. Oh, it's so it's cool. somewhere. But, 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 the, but Hermione like, learns that early on, so has Hermione known what a Horcrux is? Or maybe... Or maybe doesn't Hermione... Doesn't Hermione say in book six over and over again that she feels like she's read about Horcruxes somewhere? Yeah. Maybe it was in the 12... Oh, she said she's never heard of them. Okay, and that's what bothered her. I knew it was something. Okay. Right. Yeah. So she knows them pretty well. Well, I doubt there's a list and it's like defeat a horcrux, you yeah, know? I would say a curse breaker. Right, yeah. curse breaker. Something like that. Or you know, something that could destroy. Powerful positive force because dragons seem to have positive, you know, yeah. energy about them. So, um, I think. <laughs> hmm. so, that's cool. Yeah, I like cool it. Theory. I like that a lot. Thank you, Gallery Girl. And there are a lot of, um, I have a lot of magical creatures that contain properties that are very poisonous, very dangerous. And one of them I just thought of recently, just a second ago, what's it called? Like the, the Nundu or the Nundu? The Nundu. The Nundu is the like snake If you, if you that, breathe, it's anything. Yeah. Yeah. You die. A whole like, village like, dies or something. Yeah, yeah instantly. So. Which, yeah. Can you imagine Ow. Harry having some nundus on his side just rolling through? On his side? How could he breathe while he was around them? He's got a, you know, a, nun- a nundu mask A on. nundu mask. <laughs> I'm sure they sell those in Diagon Alley somewhere. Okay, um, Emma from Oak Park. And first thing I want to say, I really like what, you, I think it was an Albuquerque podcast, you were talking about the hybrid dragon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I that think that's theory. really good. And also, this has nothing to do with dragons, but um, I was rereading the interview you did um, with JKR, and she said that if we want to figure out, I think it was, is it Boggart or... Um, Dumbledore's Boggart and yeah. Patronus. And she said to go back and like look at the sixth book for clues. Has anyone really come back and found anything? That's yeah, been when he drinks the potion. When he drinks the potion, he's, he's saying things like, um, it was my fault, I take it back. Or, you know, he seems to be either... Re- it looks like, it sounds to me like it's his biggest fear. And it, and it could be, somebody said to me that maybe it's, People at Hogwarts dying, and him being responsible for it, like them, you know, don't hurt them, please. Maybe his family got killed during his battle with Grindelwald, and th- and that's in his memory as well. Sure, I mean, you know? what, what inspires somebody to become such a powerful, you know, smart, knowledgeable right. wizard like that? If not, I mean, if you think of some of your, you know the biggest literary heroes and things, this has some sort of traumatic thing happening to them early on. So we Just don't like know Harry. anything about Dumbledore's past, but. You would imagine and it could be something big. This speaks to what John, if you listen to the podcast, John is always saying how 
Harry knows nothing, and how can he do this? And Harry knows nothing, and he doesn't. But like what you just said, people are inspired by this traumatic event. So maybe the end of this book, because he will live, will yeah. see Harry devoting himself to becoming as great of a wizard as as Dumbledore sure. is. You know, teaching himself the way that Dumbledore did, like J.K. Rowling said. But yeah, cool beans. Thank you for bringing that up. I'd forgotten about that. Hi, I'm Clark from Atascadero, California. Hello. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> Do you Hi, know Clark. each other? Random chance, awesome. Oh. <laughs> and I think that one of the Horcruxes is the sorting hat. Hmm? And that the, the head shadows on the cover of Order of the Phoenix are Dementors closing in on Harry. Well, one of your mm. theories has been debunked by J.K. Rowling. She said on her website, is that, when she answered her question, is the hat a horcrux? And she said horcruxes don't usually uh, identify themselves by singing loudly in public places. Yeah. Okay. So, I, but it was a theory for a while because Dumbledore says the only other known re- relic of Godric Gryffindors is sitting right in my office, and he points to the sword. However, the hat was Godric Gryffindors. Yeah. But I think maybe that's not a horcrux. The, you think, you think, the, you think the, the dark shadows are? Dementors? Yeah. Ooh. What do you think the gold color is? It's not there. I don't know. Yeah. It could be Phoenix Song. It's there. What now? It's there. What's that? What are we looking at? This cover art. What about it? The gold color. The the dawn sun. I mean the clouds? The clouds. Why is it orange? You know? Was it just the color they needed? It's a pretty color, I suppose. Pretty color. I don't know. In book five, Mary Grand Prix has a, sh- a the cover small of book five budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The cover of book five was 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 deep in blue, and the yeah. Ministry had those same colors to it. So that I mean, the book six, yeah. all that green in book six was really just artistic license. You know how crazy you know. it would be though if you know it really was part of Voldemort's soul that was sorting generations of wizards into Hogwarts, though. Yeah. That would be pretty dark. That would be yeah. crazy. He'd have a pretty strong hold over that school. Yeah. Thank you. Nice one. Hi, I'm Liam, and I'm from Santa Barbara. Hello. And my theory is that, um, you know on the deluxe edition, the dragon? Yes. I was wondering if it was Ollivander. I mean, the clues... Any Magus Ollivander. Why Ollivander? Because it says in the book that Ollivander has... Pale eyes? I don't know. Really pale eyes. Oh, Harry didn't even think that. But it says he has pupils, though. Sure. Right? They didn't yeah. talk sure. about dragon his dragon form, though. His dragon form? They didn't talk about his dragon yeah, form? Alivander was a very old man who can turn into a, a dragon. With a beard? With a beard. Yeah, the dragon he, has yeah, a beard. Yeah, he does have the beard. You know, that, the, the beard is what's throwing a lot of people off, too. And that, that was you know, part of the evidence for the hybrid dragon theory. It's because Chinese fireballs have, have beards oh. like that. Yeah. And it said that in very rare cases, the Chinese fireball, I'm sorry, the Antipodean opali, which is the one with no pupils, which seems to be on the cover, can make a rare hybrid. Yeah. Um, and the Chinese fireball has a beard. Yeah. So perhaps it's a hybrid, you know? But the, 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 or the Draco. Fact, the fact that that dragon is an Animagus, I've, now you said Alivander, we've heard Draco, and we've heard, who else? Aberforth. Aberforth, Dumbledore, an Animagus dragon. I I I could have sworn I heard Joe say something like, "People's animagus forms are generally regular animals and, and are not capable." She never said of it. Magical. I could have sw- I mean, I'm not pulling this from the thin air. I don't think I could so. Could have sworn I heard. I hope somebody looks it up. But 
That's, that's why we're talking about, you know, Phoenix animoxes and, and griffins, and can you do that? And I, either she said it was very rare or just not possible. But I don't remember this at all. I just know that every animagus we've read has been the regular you know, thing that you find in one of our regular forests. Regular old thing. You know. Thanks. Hi, I'm Nicholas, and I'm from Newbury Park. And um, um, in the seventh book, um, do any of you guys think that Snake, Snake might become an animagus? A bat, maybe. He does flop around like a bat a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Snape. Snape is a very powerful wizard. Snape could be potentially powerful enough to even duel Voldemort down pretty good. So the fact that he is as clever or more clever than the marauders who are able to be animaguses does not surprise me. Will we discover it in seven? Maybe. I think that, you know, any other question is, is if he is, then, you know, well, what will, what would he do with that ability if we'll see him, you know, do something interesting as a bat or as a spider or as, you know, a cockroach know, that we can cockroach. squish would be sure. fine with me. Exactly. Thank you very much. I Hi, am Adam and I am from here. I awesome. work here. Borders as well. Oh, Lots does. of people living in the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm a big fan of the uh, the sorcerer's the, uh, the sorcerer's stone theory, where the uh, seven chambers leading to the mirror of Erised describe the uh, the progression of the seven books. The first chamber, the chapter leading into the book, Harry's uh, uh, entrance into the magical world. The second book, the, the the vines representing the basilisk. The third book with the wings representing um, Buckbeak. Uh, yeah, Buckbeak, okay. and then also uh, him getting the uh, the. The, that broom from Sirius. Uh-huh. Uh, fourth book, everything's already been done for him. Uh, everything with Moody doing everything in the goblet uh, with the goblet of fire. Right. The troll's already taken care of. Right. All that. Um, I'm thinking what uh, something uh, thus leading to the seventh book with the mirror of Erised. Um, there, the mirror of Erised was was uh, something Dumbledore hid it away somewhere after uh-huh. uh, everything in Sorcerer's Stone with uh, the things going on with maybe things coming up in Dumbledore's will. If that was one of the items that Dumbledore owned, if it's being revealed the location of it, Harry could use the Mirror of Erised if he wants the Horcruxes that bad to be able to figure out either how to defeat them or where to find them. Ooh. Because the, the, it doesn't just show you what you want because... Dumbledore's in, enchantments mean yeah, that... Yeah, Dumbledore's enchantments precluded other things into right. it. So what... But d- wouldn't Dumbledore have to have in his possession the Horcruxes? In order to, because that's what he did with yeah, the stone. But you know, uh, he could Harry could still use it to figure out how to defeat the Horcruxes once he found them. Yeah. So he stands in front of it and sees a little movie like a how-to video, <laughs> you know, like those, <laughs> those ones online. First step: travel to Romania. No, um, yeah, that'd be great. I, I I sort of think the Mirror of Erised is going to make an appearance, going to reappear yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like that theory. Um, you know, as you know, a theory for something else. I mean, I think all of those correlations you talked about how each chamber represents some of the other things in the books I think that you know the last thing with with the mirror and you know how he how he got this stone you know it was it was from what you know his his heart desired it had to do with his heart yeah. and I think that you know how he ends up co- uh, defeating Voldemort and you know how what his his power is that Voldemort doesn't know about is rooted in his heart 
So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if you can be as literal as the mirror is going to be helpful, yeah. but I think it could just be more symbolic that his, his final efforts are going to have to do with his heart and what's been inside of him the entire time. Yeah, cool. because that was the only confrontation that didn't have to deal directly with magical or um, mental capability. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aside from getting choked by Voldemort at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank oh, yes. you. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Sean from Thousand Oaks. Hello. Um, I was wondering what you guys thought about Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. And mm. notice that like the W is pronounced V as in German pronunciation. And um, his defeat in 1945, yeah. the same year the World War II ended. She said that's not insignificant either. When I interviewed her in 2005, she said, we asked her about that. And when she said Grindelwald, because we asked her Grindelwald, you know, she goes, well, the thing about Grindelwald, and we both went, <laughs> you know, because 1945, we asked her if that was a coincidence, and she said no. We asked her if the wizarding world and the muggle world, if their wars fed each other, and she said she felt like yes. And if you look at the world today that she couldn't have possibly known is happening when she started writing these books, it's sort of weird. It's weirdly prescient, because the Death Eaters are very much like terrorists, you know, and living yeah. in, in, in that time frame. So it's really, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge, a huge thing, you know, but I think we'll get some illusions that will make it all make yeah. more sense. Something that I noticed with that is um, in the Wizarding, or uh, chocolate, frog car- chocolate Frog card, it said he was defeated by Dumbledore. It didn't say killed. Right. So it could have meant, mm-hmm. like, he was... I mean, there's so many things it could have meant besides yeah. flat out just killing him. Maybe when these dictators and, and, and the, these wars happen, one side, it's partly because one side has access to the magical world and uses it for ill. Because you have to think that there's somebody whose cousin, you know, is, is a muggle-born or something and realizes that this is a great opportunity to gain power. And so, and, and exploits it as much as possible. You know, yeah. right person together with the right person, and then you have Hitler hanging out with the wizards, you know? Hopefully not. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to look back upon this series in a few decades from now and, and, and see how, you know, back in this time in our lives, you know, Harry Potter was crazy, and we're also, you know, in the middle of, of this war. And I wonder if people will, will look at the plots and the themes in Harry Potter and try to piece it together. I don't know if, if there is so much you know, direct uh, correlations between too many things, but I think it'll be interesting to look back um, later on and, and what people will think about the series then. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Awesome question. Awesome. I'm Hannah from Ventura, and my question was about the NAQ and all the excitement about this so Just quickly, July. the NAQ is the never asked question, that, and she's only put one of them up, right? A never asked question. It, the one that she put up was, why did Dumbledore have the cloak, the night of the Godric's Hollow thing? And she said, not only is this an important question, this is a crucial question. And I banged myself in the head because I had it on my list of questions to ask her in 2005, and we never got there. So, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Your question. Oh, it was basically just that. In all the excitement of July, it's kind of gotten lo- lost in the shuffle. It's not discussed very much anymore. I was just wondering, any thoughts on that? About that, that particular question? Who, of why, the, was the invis- why was Dumbledore having the invisibility cloak sort of crucial? I'm sorry to go back to the time travel theory. and I, I, he's, Dumbledore says, it's time this cloak was returned to you. Harry never had it. It was his father's. He said, your father happened to leave me in my possession when he died. It's time it was returned to you. Why did, why did I mean, Harry never I have mean, it? I, can, I think I can kind of hear that as returned to the Potter line if that's like an heirloom and True, visibility cloak. but this is J.K. Rowling we're talking about. Sure. He uses words very, very specifically. No. You know? And it was written downwards. It wasn't even dialogue. It was something right. Dumbledore chose to write that way. So, 
return to you and why would I mean because because they you know it's a very useful object yeah an invisibility cloak especially when you're going to be you think you're being hunted by somebody like Voldemort and you would think the Potters would want everything at their disposal to protect them I mean they could have threw that thing over the crib if they wanted to so why wouldn't it have been you know at at Godric's Hollow because you know Dumbledore said you know father gave this to me shortly before they died, so it wasn't like he retrieved it from Godric's Hollow. They no. had it beforehand. So why it. would Dumbledore have this cloak, and why would the Potters not want it with them? What? I think I think Voldemort's probably above an invisibility cloak. I think you know well, that's really not going to stop him. I mean, they're afraid of the Death Eaters and all that too. I mean, I, I, it's like something has the potential to be useful, yet they didn't, they didn't find it. it Interesting. You know, Thank you. Them. Thank you. And we have our last question. I'm Hannah from Ventura. Um, my question concerns the mirror Sirius gave Harry in book five before he died. Harry broke it. Does this mean that anything that could have happened with that mirror is void, or are we going to see it again? Well, she's been asked this, and her, her response was, that mirror is not on the table, which if you've read any J.K. Rowling interviews, whenever she does something like that, it means it's very well on the table. It's so, very important. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all enchantment schematics we don't know about. Can you repair a mirror in the wizarding world? Yes, with a repair of spell. Does it void a spell that's on the object originally? There's really no way to know until we read it, I guess. So, I mean, is there other mirrors out there other than his and Sirius is a question to think about. Could he use a mirror through the veil? Is Sirius in any, any shape to use a mirror or anything? Like like that, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's stuff that's it's really fun to think about, but I don't think there's anything we have in the canon that we could use to really theorize about that one way or the other. I don't think there's any related objects like yeah, yeah. it that we could. It's use like the Wizarding Walkie Talkie, and I think, but I think you know, anything that has that sort of function in the Wizarding world, just like we can repair walkie talkies and we can repair electronics, yeah. people have to know how to repair them. You know, they could. It's not like they're. This is this unique object. It sounds like it's something you could have gotten yeah. a Diagon Alley. It's cool, you know? but you know, you know that's that's the thing though. It's just like you think that the Weasley clock was something you could get in Diagon Alley, but there's only one Weasley clock. So you got these cool that we've things seen. in the Wizarding World. Or Molly doesn't know anybody else who has one. She says so. It's, it's like, old. It's an heirloom. So it, it doesn't. It it's not. They're not. It's not common. But you'd think something like that would be, especially when you know Dumbledore says, you know, we have more effective means of communication. You know, than you know, owls and, and the flu, and it's you know, they're Patronuses that are not these two-way mirrors. Which you'd think, well, that's way easier than sending a, a Patronus across the country. Why don't they just ha- all have mirrors? So yeah, but if you lose your mirror, it's a lot, probably a lot easier to, lo- to lose that than your wands. People pretty much always have your wand, but if yeah. somebody loses it, it just leaves it open. A wand is something that's always at the wands, always at the wizard's yeah. ready. So that is a lot easier to me anyway. Well, but I don't know if it was easy as much as it was. Uh, the word was effective. I think if you had your mirror, it would be much more effective to use it than No, because a if, if you have your mirror and you take it out, you're in a position where you can't look at it or somebody's with you. You know what I mean? But if a Patronus comes flying by, that doesn't say anything unless, you know, what if you get on that mirror and somebody says, hey, help, Lassie's in the well, you know, Timmy's yeah. in the well, you know, go, go get him. And you've given information away to somebody, whereas if you just see a Patronus, you can keep that information until you need it. Well... Thousand Oaks, you guys were patient amazing. and wonderful and amazing. Thank you, Borders, so much. Yes.
for being so awesome. What a huge borders. This is the gigantic border. I think borders. this is our biggest borders yet. It's pretty huge. awesome. Gorgeous. This border's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we were sort of got all their songs in our head. Thank you guys, and hopefully we'll see you again sometime. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great Scott, no wonder. Look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>